Good morning. I'm sorry, Gabby. I will have to ask again. That wasn't according to standard. Good morning. There you go. Good morning. It's good to be in the presence of God. Can you guys give a round of applause to Tyler that is visiting us? <laughs> From the U.S., it's so good to have him back. And Yeva, that is here as well. Give her a round of applause too. It's so good as, as God's family, it's so good that we're able to see people that were part of this community that for some reason, mostly professional or because of studies, they go back to their home countries, and then we get to see them again and uh, listen about everything that God has done in their lives in between. So uh, it really fills our hearts with so much joy um, to be able to worship this morning together again. Um, we are in a message series called, You Are Waiting for the Slides. <laughs> I could see in your faces. Okay. We're in this message series, and who has been blessed so far by this message series? Who has been blessed, honestly? Okay, who has heard something in this message series that you've never studied before, never heard before about the gifts of the Holy Spirit? Okay, some of you. Hopefully, we'll continue this journey, because other, the other ones are experts on the matter, so... Take some breathing time, but please do allow the Holy Spirit to speak into your heart. Because this is a very exciting, this is a life-changing topic for us. Because spiritual gifts are nothing but the supernatural abilities of the Holy Spirit of God that can be experienced by the church. And Dina, our single assistant pastor here at Riverside Lisbon. Sorry, Dina. He mentioned a couple weeks ago that maybe this whole supernatural thing about the Holy Spirit feels a little bit too much, feels a little bit much to feel comfortable with. But my brothers and sisters in Christ, let me remind you that there is nothing that should feel natural about Christianity. We serve a triune God that created all visible things and all invisible things. We serve a God that incarnated. He became a full human being to die on the cross for our sins and for our forgiveness. None of this is something that we can describe as natural. So if we have grown in the knowledge of God that we have embraced the Jesus Christ, the Son of God, we have embraced His deity, we have embraced the revelation of God in Scripture, I want us to do an exercise this morning. Do this with me. Put your hands in your head. This is how much you're able to think about. So let's do this exercise like this. A little bit. Start stretching a little bit. A little bit. Can you feel? Can you feel your understandings being stretched? Can you feel your mind already expanding? Okay. That's what the Word of God does in our lives. When we go into God's Word and we go into topics that we naturally, we feel it's, it's hard to understand. We feel it's a bit of a stretch. That's exactly what it needs to be. 
God wants to stretch us. God wants us to understand the revelation of no supernatural things, about spiritual things from the Lord. And I believe that he wants us not only to know about them, but he really wants to manifest his power in our lives. Christian life is impossible without the Holy Spirit. The Bible calls him our helper. He's our counselor. He's our advocate. But the word of God also says that he empowers us. And Gabby shared a few weeks ago that spiritual gifts are the manifestation of the power of the Holy Spirit. Strengthening the church for the benefit of the body of Christ. So we're going to continue reading and I invite you to open your Bibles or follow from the screen in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. And Paul is saying the following to the church starting in verse 4. He says, I always thank my God for you and for the gracious gifts he has given you now that you belong to Christ Jesus. Through him, God has enriched your church in every way. Now you have every spiritual gift you need as you eagerly wait for the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. So according to the word of God, according to Paul, a rich church is not one that has an abundance of money. A rich church is a church that has an abundance of spiritual gifts. Can I hear an amen? Is it what the word of God says? A rich church is not about money. Our personal lives are not about money. We live a life that is rich when it's filled with the Holy Spirit. Money is important and money is a necessity, but it's through spiritual gifts that God wants us to fulfill our calling and he wants us to fulfill our purpose. So what spiritual gifts should we have? According to Paul, what spiritual gifts should we all have? Sorry? Every, every single spiritual gift needs to be ours. If we want to be a rich church, if we want to be a rich individual, then God has fullness of the Holy Spirit to give us. He has fullness of spiritual gifts that he wants to empower the church. Because until Jesus comes back, we have a mission to fulfill. Until Jesus comes back, we are all here on a mission. And the Holy Spirit is the one that empowers us to fulfill it. This same uh, book of the Bible in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 begins with this. Keep on pursuing love and keep on desiring spiritual gifts. You must keep on desiring them for building up the church. So every Christian needs to know about the gifts of the Holy Spirit and needs to desire them. The same way that we take the commandment to love our God with all our heart, with all our strength, and we need to love our neighbor as ourselves, the Bible says keep on pursuing love, but as equally important, you need to desire spiritual gifts. Why? Because spiritual gifts are not about you. Spiritual gifts, it's about how you love one another. It's about how we serve one another. 
If a church is living on God's love to serve and to bless and being God's hands and being God's feet and being God's mouth on this earth, then we need to desire spiritual gifts. We need to desire to be empowered by the Lord. So if you love the Lord, and if you love people, this is a desire that I believe God wants to just put it on motion inside our hearts of the things that He can do through our lives. So we are studying the nine spiritual gifts that exist here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and between verses 8 and 10. But there are other listings in the New Testament about the different ways that the Holy Spirit empowers us. But we chose this one, this list of nine gifts to unfold. And we split, as Gabby explained uh, a few weeks ago, we split these nine gifts into three categories. The revelatory gifts, the gifts that reveal something, the vocal gifts, the gifts that say something, and the power gifts, the gifts that do something. And two weeks ago, Dina shared about the revelatory gifts. And today we are asking the Holy Spirit to expand our minds to give us understanding about the vocal gifts. What are the vocal gifts? The vocal gifts are the gift of prophecy, the gift of speaking in an unknown tongue, and the gift of the interpretation of an unknown tongue. And we're going to stay mostly today in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 because it talks mostly about these three gifts because they have a lot in common. So let's start Continue reading in 1 Corinthians 14, verses 1 to 5. The word says the following. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Holy Spirit, especially prophecy. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people, but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. But the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. Anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves, but the one who prophesies edifies the church. I would like every one of you to speak in tongues, but I would rather have you prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues, unless someone interprets, so that the church may be edified okay do you already feel your minds expanding yes okay so according to paul the gift of prophecy is a clear inspired message from the lord in one's own language it happens when someone is speaking a spontaneous message under the inspiration of the holy spirit to an individual or to the whole church now, this is different from what I'm doing today, preaching or teaching the Word of God. Because while a preacher and a teacher, we seek inspiration in our preparation. I didn't come here just waking up at 8.30 a.m. and let me rush to church and God is going to give me a message to give to you. No, it required work. It required study. So it is different from the gift of prophecy that is not dependent on preparation. Sometimes there will be an element of prophecy in the message. 
Because as I speak, one thing that happens to us preachers and we should seek is to seek the words from the Lord. It is thoughts and ideas that come from God that we are not part of our preparation, but God can use us in this very moment to say something that he wants to say to one of you or to the whole body of Christ. So that is something that I eagerly desire to, but I have this preparation. So this is different than prophecy. Now we see Paul starts talking about prophecy in this way in verse 1. Eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit. We got that. But he says, especially prophecy. God wants all his sons and daughters to desire to be used by God, especially in prophecy. But why? Why should we ask the Lord to be used specially in prophecy? It's because the words of God are powerful. When you and I, we speak, we transmit our own thoughts and ideas and we use words. But when God speaks, there is life. When God speaks, mountains move. When God speaks, God changes everything. So when you speak a message or any of us speaks a message under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, it produces infinitely more fruit than any thought or your preparation that you've done. Because God is powerful to use us beyond our understanding, beyond our own studies. Now, most of the time, you and I were very eager to share with people what we studied, what we know from the Lord. We're eager to to share our testimony. We're eager to share with others the things from the word that we became familiar with. We don't even go much to spiritual gifts and to explain that to people because that is complex. But we love to speak about the gospel. We love to speak about the cross. And many times we're so comfortable speaking what we want to speak that we neglect that the Holy Spirit wants to use us to speak under his inspiration what he wants to speak to people. We still have the Word of God as a book. Fear not. We're not telling you to speak nothing other than what the Word of God speaks. But the Word of God is not paper and ink. The Word of God is spirit and life and needs to be living inside our hearts. And in the right time, under the right circumstances, the Holy Spirit will use the word that is planted in your heart to give it to people. And that does not come from preparation because you wanted to study and you wanted to say that to someone. But the Holy Spirit will stir the word that exists in your heart so that you can communicate life when the Holy Spirit uses you. And when it happens... When the word of God is given to you so that you can apply it to people's lives, people feel seen. People feel heard. People feel cared for because what you say is clearly not from you, but clearly from the Lord. So many times when that happens, we we break in tears. We become emotional. We feel that something is happening inside of us because someone is speaking words from the Lord that we clearly know that they're meant for us. Now, this can happen while you're having a conversation with a coworker. 
over coffee, you're complaining about it's too, there's too much heat in Lisbon. There's too much heat in Lisbon. It is so hard to be here right now. And the company doesn't have AC, enough AC units like the ones that we do not have right now. People, we talk about that, but all of a sudden it goes into a deeper conversation. And the Holy Spirit can stir your heart to say something about God's word. To say something that will bring life to this person, that will encourage, that will motivate, that will transform their perspective. This can only happen when the Holy Spirit uses you. It can happen in the church while we're worshiping together. And you're worshiping in your seat, but you feel stirred in your heart to declare something to someone that is in church Something, someone maybe that you don't know, but it's getting uncomfortable. And if you're not saying it, you're going to burst. And you're going to be sinning to, against the Lord. So you might as well just approach the person. Hey, I just feel saying this word over your life. I just feel saying that the Lord is with you. I just feel saying that no matter what you're going through today, God says you're going to break through. That you're going to see victory in your life. Whatever it is that the word of God puts in your heart to say in that moment. Whatever the Holy Spirit puts in your heart, that is the ministry that God wants all of His children to have. Not just the elders of the church, not just the people that are in the Connect team or people that serve in worship or people that serve in life groups or people that serve and serve. If you are a son and daughter of God, God wants to use you in the gift of prophecy. Especially desire with all your heart because when you speak the words of God, circumstances change. Hearts change. More than anything that we could have prepared. It's such an exciting thing to know that the living God that we love and serve, that has already given us so much on the cross, that we don't even in our human nature should dare to ask Him anything else. He says, desire spiritual gifts. Desire to be used by God specially to say the words that come from the heart of God to people. Are you ready to seek more to be used by the Lord? Are you ready to eagerly desire to be used more by Him? Maybe you have experienced this in the past. Maybe you have seen how naturally God uses the conversations to bring in what is inside of you, the hope that is inside of you. Maybe you haven't felt that in a while. The Bible says, go back to eagerly desiring used by Him. Now, two very important notes about this. The Holy Spirit will never say something that contradicts the Word of God. Under an apparent influence of the Holy Spirit of God, people will never and should never say something that goes against what is written here in this book. It will actually apply the Word of God. It will speak the Word of God into people's lives. And secondly, this gift is not meant to lead us in our decision-making. So don't expect the Holy Spirit to use someone to tell you what to do, what job to accept, what ministry of the church to join, what person should you date and marry. Not going to happen. And if it happened, well, I hope you have a happy ending. Because prophecy is not fortune-telling. 
prophecy is given for strengthening, for encouraging, and for comfort. Now look to the person next to you. Both of them, if you have two. Do they look like they need encouraging this morning? My friends, we all are in need of strengthening. We come to church with a smile, but only God knows what is inside people's hearts. So when God wants us to be used in the gift of prophecy, it means that God wants us to see beyond the smiles. Because spiritual needs can only be met by the Spirit of God. And the Spirit of God says, I will only meet them if you allow me to use you to meet them. We ask the Lord, Lord, touch people's hearts this morning. Lord, there's my friend in this place and he doesn't know you. So Lord, speak. Lord, use someone. Lord, your, your Spirit may come to his life like a light that will just shed light on his soul. And we ask the Lord to do it when the Holy Spirit says, I want to use you to do it. I want to use you. So just be that sensitive, eager, God, use me. If this is what you want to do, if there are spiritual needs in this place, if people are living in darkness, if people are living with dryness inside their hearts, use me to speak words of life. Use me to speak words of wisdom. Everything you need in your life to make God-honoring decisions is already in God's word. The word of God says that the word of God is a lamp to our feet, a light to our path. So if you need guidance, if you need understanding of what to do and how to live your life, it's here. But prophecy is how we encourage. It's how we strengthen one another. And in church gatherings, Paul gives us these instructions starting in verse 29. Let two or three people prophesy and let the others evaluate what is said. But if someone is prophesying and another person receives a revelation from the Lord, the one who is speaking must stop. In this way, all who prophesy will have a turn to speak one after the other so that everyone will learn and be encouraged. Remember that people who prophesy are in control of their spirit and can take turns. For God is not a God of disorder, but of peace, as in all the meetings of God's holy people. So when Paul is talking about these gifts, he's talking about order. He's talking about peace. Why? Because the church in Corinth, they were experiencing something that was very wild. I cannot describe to you how it was, but according to what Paul is saying, a lot of wild things were happening. People wanted it so eager to be used in prophecy that everyone was speaking on top of each other. A lot of things were happening and all of a sudden there was no service. There was no control. No one could ever even listen to what the Holy Spirit was saying. So he is addressing something that was happening in Corinth. Too many people wanted to prophesy at the same time. Thankfully, in a way, we don't have that problem. But we do want more prophecy in church. I don't think that at this time they had orders of service like we do. 
But even if they had, people were just too eager and not taking their own turn. But people had a message burning in their hearts. They had things that they wanted to say to each other. But Paul is reminding them things can be done calmly and with order. There is a way, there is a way, if there is a message, there is something that the Lord, a specific way that the Lord wants to use you, you we can do things calmly. We can approach people at the right time. We, we, at, for, at church, we always encourage if you have something if, that you feel in your heart sharing with the church in general, come speak with one of the pastors. Come speak with one of the elders first so that we can understand where is the right timing for that. How is the Spirit leading things? So it is important above anything else that God wants to use us, but there's an order on how God uses us. Now let's go into the other two gifts, speaking in unknown tongues and the interpretation of unknown tongues. And it goes back to the beginning that we've read in 1 Corinthians 14, those first verses that we've already seen. It says that the gifts of tongues is a supernatural vocal expression in the language or languages which the one speaking does not understand. And the gift of interpretation is the supernatural vocal expression in one's own language, telling the meaning of the words which have been spoken in an unknown language. The Holy Spirit can use human beings, His children, in speaking in a language that they do not know. Okay, expanding a little bit more. Hopefully so. Tongues are a language. Being inspired by the Lord to speak in a language that you do not know. It's not an emotional outburst. Speaking in tongues is not because people are incontrollable in their own feelings and emotions. It's also not an incomprehensible babbling. Tongues means a language. There are many languages in the world that I do not understand. If I listen to Russian, for example, I know it is, sometimes I can identify it as Russian, but don't ask me to, to understand what they're saying. Dina, what is your mother tongue? Tamil. Ask Dina to speak to you in Tamil. You will feel like he is being filled with the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues immediately. <laughs> Because it sounds exactly like someone is speaking inspired a, a, a language that they do not know, but is under the inspiration of the Lord. In fact, the Word of God tells us that it can even be a human language, because according to Acts chapter 2, when the first time that this miracle, this gift happened, thousands of people heard about the wonders of God in their own languages, in their own native languages. And because of that, they got saved. They listened to the message of the gospel and they got saved. So it clearly means it's a language that is unknown for the person that is speaking, but it can be known to someone else as well. Now, the Bible talks about two separate purposes 
of why, and I know it feels a bit wild, why would the Holy Spirit inspire someone to speak in a lung that they do not know? But there are at least two purposes for that. One is for a believer to speak to God, according to what we've read. The Bible says in the beginning of this chapter 14 that the one that speaks in tongues is speaking to God, not to other people. To other people, it's prophecy. When we're speaking in tongues, we are speaking to God to praise God in the Spirit and for personal edification. And the second purpose is for prophecy. And that is why these gifts are a bit intertwined, because when a message is given to the church in an unknown tongue, the gift of interpretation can happen, so that that person inspired by the Lord, not because they understand Tamil or Russian, but because supernaturally they understood what is this person saying and wanting to say to the church, because it is meant to build up the church. Now, Paul has a few things he wants to share with us regarding these gifts in a church meeting. So let's read some more verses in this chapter 14. It says, But in the church, I would rather speak five intelligible words to instruct others than 10,000 words in a tongue. Everyone got that? I would rather speak five intelligible words to instruct others than 10,000 words in a tongue. No more than two or three should speak in tongues. They must speak one at a time, and someone must interpret what they say. But if no one is present who can interpret, they must be silent in your church meeting and speak in tongues to God privately. So my dear brothers and sisters, be eager to prophesy... And don't forbid speaking in tongues, but be sure that everything is done properly and in order. Again, Paul is really giving the message, everything in the church. We're talking about very wild things, out of the natural environment, things that are supernatural, but still, even though they're supernatural, things can be done properly and in order. And while the Spirit wants to use us to experience these gifts in community, when tongues are given to personal edification, they are not meant to be heard by everyone. When someone feels inspired to speak in tongues, immediately it's not that they need to raise their voices above everyone else because everyone needs to hear that they're speaking in tongues. It's not the case. You can speak tongues quietly, between yourself and God. But if these tongues are being given as a prophecy, because God wants to speak something to us, they require interpretation and someone else to be used by the Holy Spirit. Now, there is something that you probably already noticed in Scripture, that no spiritual gift is completely isolated from the other. Because we're not talking math here. We're talking about the person of the Holy Spirit. And he flows, and he speaks, and there's something natural and, and in the supernatural ways that he, that he works. So many times a prepared preacher will speak prophetically to people, while someone that is speaking in tongues between himself and the Lord all of a sudden has a conviction that they are starting to have a message to, to give to the church, and they start speaking loudly calmly because God is going to interpret that, that message. Or the gift of faith 
that is operating in someone's life that's so much that they will be used in gifts of healing, for example. So we talk about these gifts in the structured way, but they're given by the person of the Holy Spirit, and he does what he wishes to do. So the word shows that speaking in tongues has a personal edification element. And so it is different than probably other gifts because we talk about other gifts and we focus on this. It's not for the blessing of the one. It's for the blessing of the body. But the Bible says that speaking in tongues, you can speak in tongues between yourself and God. And it's used for personal edification, to praise the Lord. So if God can use this gift to bless a person individually, because if this person is blessed individually, they are actually strengthening the body because they're being sensitive to the Lord. They're more experienced with the Holy Spirit. It is a way that God actually uses to strengthen us as the body of Christ. And I know many Christians that have experienced or that experience the gift of tongues for personal edification more than anything else. It is a gift that also myself, when I was 16 years old and reading the Word of God, I asked the Lord, God, if this is an experience that I am able to have with the Holy Spirit in my life, I want it. And now I was so naive as a 16-year-old because I simply read Scripture and I saw people in Acts 2 just filled with God and on fire for God that I just read Scripture and I said, God, I want to have what they're having. God, and I saw people and I knew people that God used in this gift and they felt on fire for God and I felt, God, I also wanted and I was a bit stubborn. God, I wanted, God, I wanted, God, I wanted, God, I wanted, God, I wanted. And there was no Sunday that I didn't say, God, I really, really want it. And God filled me. And I've experienced this gift. And so many times, even when I'm praying, even when I'm worshiping and singing songs to God, God can use me in this gift of tongues. It's something that happens, and I've never seen someone that God has used with this gift that they say, actually, I don't want it anymore. Actually, this was good for a little bit, but thank you, God. I want to try something else. No. Because this gift, because it has this element, if it's in the word of God and the word says it's for personal edification, God, I need to be edified. God, I want more of you. God, I want to be on fire for you. I want, as the word of God says in John chapter 7, verse 48, whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. If the Holy Spirit can work inside my heart for my personal edification so that I can grow closer to the Lord, and if it's a promise in the word of God, the Word of God says not everyone will be used with the exact same gift. But the Bible says eagerly desire spiritual gifts. Everything about gifts starts with a desire in your heart. We have received and we are receiving information from the Word of God about spiritual gifts. It's not for your intellectual pleasure. It's so that you can be prepared to desire to be used by God. 
is so that you can expand your mind and understand that what God can do in your life is infinitely more than everything else that you've ever experienced in the past. No, I'm not saying that you're going to become this weird person. I'm not saying that things will completely be wild in your life. I'm saying is your relationship with Jesus will grow closer together. Your sensitivity to the Holy Spirit and the words that he wants to speak through your life. We're going to start burning more and more. When you come to church, it's not going to stop about being, oh, Lord, please use Reuben. Please use Gabby. Please use Dina. Please use someone to speak something important or, or that the worship will speak into my heart and life. You will come to church with the determination, I am here to serve. And I'm here to be used by the Lord. Not because I'm in the worship team, not because I'm in multimedia, but because the Holy Spirit lives in me. I am a child of God and I have the promise of the Holy Spirit that lives in me. He is my helper. He is my counselor. He is my advocate. But he's also the one that empowers me. And if we come to the presence of God and if we come to the presence of others to love them and to serve them with this attitude, the Bible says eagerly desire to be used by God. Your spiritual gifts, gifts of the Holy Spirit, they're not yours. They're not your talents. They're not your, based on your personality. They're solely based on what the person of the Holy Spirit wants to do with you in that exact moment. And maybe God will use Mary. And maybe God will use Pramila. And maybe God chooses to use someone else because he will use whoever's sensitive to be used by him. I really believe that as we unfold this message series it is that we want a church that is the biblical church. That is a church that is rich. A church that is abundant in the spiritual giftings of the Holy Spirit. There is no other way that we can fulfill our purpose, my friends. We are saved by Jesus Christ and we're going to be in heaven with him. Who has Jesus in their hearts this morning? Show hands. Who has said, Jesus, come into my heart and life. I want you to save me. I want to have life with you. We have that. It is yours, my friend. It is yours, my brother and sister. But the Spirit is saying he is living with you when you believe in Jesus, when you have embraced Jesus. The Holy Spirit is there to help you, to guide you, to protect you. But he's also there in your heart to, to empower you. So as we come to a close, I want to invite the worship team to come. And all of us this morning, I want to invite you to seek the Lord with all of your heart this morning. If you will stand with me. If you are not in a relationship with God yet. If you're not in a relationship with God through Jesus, because he is the only one that can save. He is the one that we sing about. And he's the only one that we sing about because he is the one that loved us so much that went to the cross to die for our sins in order to give us eternal life. So if you are not in a relationship with God yet this morning, you can open your heart to him. And you can tell him, God, I am lost without you. God, I need you in my life. God, save me because of your great love for me. 
Forgive me my sins. Change me. Make me a new person. Make me a child of God. You can pray this this morning with all of your heart. If you never surrendered your heart before him. And let me tell you, God is going to start a beautiful work in your heart. Starting today. But if you already are a child of God. And the Holy Spirit wants to fill your life so that you can overflow with His gracious gifts. And I love that Paul says in the beginning of this book that these are gracious gifts. Do you know what grace means? All you theologians in the room, what is grace? Unmerited what? Gift. Unmerited. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are unmerited. We don't deserve the Holy Spirit in our hearts, but we have embraced Him because of what Jesus did. We don't deserve to be used by God, but the gifts of the Holy Spirit are gracious. God is not seeking perfection for you to be used by Him. He's seeking an open heart, a humble heart, a repentant heart. And maybe you've been so caught up in your own world, even so caught up in your own sins, that you've made your life about avoiding to sin. That's not the goal of life. The goal of life is to be used for the glory of God. And maybe you've made your sins an idol because all you can think about is how bad you are. And the enemy of your soul only reminds you of how bad you are. And you've made your life about that. Forget about him. Forget about those feelings. Embrace the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ that forgives you of your sins. And embrace the presence of the Holy Spirit that is able to use a child of God with his gracious gifts for the blessing of the body of Christ. Maybe you have been so focused on serving God with your God-given talents and personality. Nothing wrong with that. But God has more for you. And He wants to use you with the gracious gifts of the Holy Spirit. Do not neglect them. Eagerly desire them. Not because of you. But because we need them. Let's close our eyes. God, I pray that this morning you will open our spiritual eyes to the spiritual needs that are around us and to the people that sit beside us. Father, I pray that as we worship you now, you will start stirring something beautiful in our hearts according to the promises of your word. According to the Holy Spirit that is already alive and inside our souls. That you will use us to be a blessing to one another. Lord, we don't want to force anything. But we want to be used by you. We want to be touched by you. We want to be filled with your Holy Spirit. It is your word that says, even though the Spirit already lives in us, 
then we should seek to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So Father, help us to empty our souls and our minds of things that do not matter right now. Help us, Lord, to take out all the words and the accusations from the enemy of our souls right now so that we can be available to listen to you. Father, as we are going to start singing, set a fire within our souls that we can contain, that we can control. Because we want more of you, God. Because we want more of you, God. Speak to us, Lord. Use us this morning.